reverence and respect. Harkins, my lord. My name is Will, and I serve under Harkins. Do you think this weather will hold for the battle tomorrow? Well met, Will. Hopefully it does with a little luck, eh? Owen gave him a tired smile, a grateful nod, and continued on his way toward the command tents. He did not think he would sleep at all. How many of the soldiers were feeling jitters and nerves over putting their trust in such a young man? King Severn had led his first battle at the age of 18. Owen was a year younger than that. He felt the weight of the responsibility on his shoulders. It bothered Owen a little, more than a little, actually, that his men had such blind faith in him. Very few people could sense the ripples of fountain magic, but those who did were endowed with magical abilities that amplified some of their natural talents. These gifts were so rare that everyone knew the stories of how Owen's ability with the fountain had been discovered when he was just a child. What they didn't realize was that while he was fountain-blessed, his supposed gift of seeing the future was a total deception. The cunning Anchoret Trinui, the queen's poisoner, had helped him perpetuate the ruse when he was a child in order to make him indispensable to the king. Together they had misled the entire kingdom. After Anchoret's death, the deception had continued with the help of Dominique Mancini, the king's master of the Espion, who fed him some of the larger political developments before they were commonly known, cementing Owen's reputation for future seeing both within Ceredigion and abroad. Although the king had said Mancini's appointment would only be temporary, the spymaster had an uncanny way of improving the king's interests and had managed to hold on to his position for years. Owen and Mancini had a mutually beneficial partnership, one that served both of them well. Sometimes Owen had already guessed the news the espion snuck to him because of his keen ability to predict the cause and effect of things. For example, Mancini had not told him that King Iago Llewellyn of Adabirian would strike an alliance with Chatrion of Aquitania, uniting the two kingdoms against Ceredigion. But he wasn't surprised in the least that it had happened. It wasn't being fountain-blessed. It was being smart. As Owen approached the command tent, the guards protecting it lifted their poleaxes to let him through. At seventeen, Owen had not finished growing yet, but he was already a man's height, and he was wearing his family badge, the Aurum, three golden buck's heads on a field of blue. The instant he ducked under the entryway, Owen saw Duke Horwath, who was wearing his battle armor and holding a goblet of sweet-smelling wine. His hair had gone grayer over the past few years, but he still had the same calm, unflappable demeanor that had always impressed the young man. He was a soldier, through and through, and had fought in numerous battles over the last fifty years. His steady presence filled Owen with confidence. Evening, lad, Horwath said, dipping his head, giving him a wry smile. You don't look at all nervous, Owen said, hardly able to suppress a smile. Horwath shrugged, took another sip, and set his cup down on a small table near a fur rug. Any word from your granddaughter? Owen asked hopefully. She said she'd hold the north if the Edibirians invade while we're here doing battle with the Aquitanians. I think she's hoping they do. 
She's a little jealous, you know, that you get to be part of a battle before she does. Owen smiled at the sentiment, picturing her in his mind. Doing so always made him feel strangely excited, as if a cloud of butterflies had all clustered inside his stomach. He didn't know whether the feeling was battle jitters or the simple longing to see her again. He did his best not to mope, but he did miss her. She had lovely brown hair that was long and thick. Sometimes it was braided, sometimes not. She had eyes that were the most transfixing shade of blue. No, they were green. Or gray. It really depended on the light and her mood. He missed her way of chattering on and on, her quick wit, and her wickedly delightful sense of humor. Elizabeth Victoria Mortimer, Evie, was his best friend in the entire world and the only other person aside from Mancini.